Delighted to be joined now by Declan Considine, a uh, renowned figure in the soccer world in uh, Limerick and in, in Ireland, especially at, at junior level. Uh, Declan, thanks for joining us. Uh, we'll start off, I suppose, uh, from the, the very start, really, and, and your schoolboy career. I know you started off with Granville Rangers, uh, if my my sources are correct. Um, what was it like starting out uh, with the club back all those years ago? Ah, look, uh, I suppose Granville will always be very, very close to my heart. Uh, you had Billy Green there, was, was one of the founder members. Uh, Margaret, his, his wife, with Dom uh, and Molly, um, talking out at the back of a shop, having to walk down to Children's Road um, in all conditions to play matches, you know. Um, it started off at under 10s, we were six. Um, but there was some, even back then, some very, very good players playing with the club, Granville at that time. Only 74 houses as well. Um, you know, Paul O'Donnell was one. Um, he, he, he played with Granville. You know, Derek White was another. Um, Alan Brown, Niall Harris, and, and probably the most underrated player I probably came across in my time, which was Billy Tynan. Um, Billy, you know, was a, a real true club man, could have played with anybody and um, played his whole career through, you know, with Granville. But what a player he was. But with fantastic memories, um, training under one floodlight in, in Childers Road. Uh, the O'Neills trained us. Um, so it was great, fantastic memories and really was a very good foundation. We, we had Jerry Dogan coming in at that time, who was staunch Limerick FC and who I would have, who I would have said was a really good role model to have at the time where I looked up. Limerick was at its best at the time and he'd been playing against Real Madrid and all those clubs. So, so you always had a full crew training, all the kids were training. But great memories and, um, you know... I always say, you always remember your first manager and, and Billy for me was really the first step in the ladder for me and, and, and what a guy, what a legend. Yeah, absolutely. I know he's still heavily uh, involved uh, with Granville in terms of watching the matches and, and a real staunch supporter, um, Declan, as well. Uh, a lot of the younger people maybe listening wouldn't know that, you know, Granville obviously, as you said, played in the old area where now the Dunn stores and Childers Road is and in that area, in that area wasn't as built up back then. Uh, it's probably a source of pride for everyone that was there to, to see the new setup now that, that Granville have. Obviously, you know, you have your two pitches and dressing room area at the back of Glenbrook and uh, it's, it's come on a bundle in that way. Yeah, look, and, and you know, uh, after my time, you know, you, who carried it on was John O'Neill, who, um, given his lifetime, and uh, I always said to, to any of the coaches and parents who are coaching and helping out in clubs, time is something you don't get back. And he'd given so much time. Uh, I mean, the, the volume of players coming in out of Granville was, was huge. Liam Kennedy is there uh, and Vincent Coffey, I have to give him a mention as well. So they carried on the role. And um, you know what? It was, it, it, was, it was always open to everybody. You know, as I said, it was... Houses population was fairly small. Glenbrook came into it as well, so schoolboys started growing every year. But to see what they have now, uh, I know it was a close call. They, they, they nearly went out of football at one stage, but it would it would have been a complete disaster. Um, a lot of memories in that club and international players in in that club as well. So I'm delighted for them and, and long may it last. Yeah, absolutely. You also were uh, in school up the road, Declan, secondary school in St. Endes as well. It, it was a t- in terms of the players that produced around your time as well. There was there was a lot of players produced for particularly League of Ireland as well. Um, you know, it was, it was obviously a, a good schooling for you in both sport and in school, I suppose. 
Yeah, you know, look, um, St. Dendis at the time was um, a fantastic school. Um, some great players, as you mentioned, their League of Ireland. Mike Curley was there, um, Albert Finnan, um, two two fantastic players. And I remember starting school at the time, I was, I was 12, uh, walking to school and their two Irish jerseys were up on the wall. And every time I passed, you know, everyone would be staring up and looking and... and uh, those two became really good role models, uh, you know, having uh, years after having to play with Limerick with both of them was, was an absolute pleasure. Um, two, two fantastic players, but you, you also had uh, Jason Purcell was there he, he, when he was in the same class as me. I don't know one of us were as bad as the other in school, but um, he, he uh, was definitely a player I have to say I admired um, through, through the years, you know, and um, always carried himself really, really well. He's still in the game now, still producing the goods and um, looks like a, a, probably like a, doesn't say much like a gentle figure, but you know, he was well able to use himself in the pitch and, uh, and, and another one was uh, Alan Rice, Bobo Rice, who, who both Jason and Bobo had played in, in an FBI final, cup final with, with Fairview and Dalymount. Alan was a, had a sweet left foot, uh, a great player as well. So, you know, we were probably in around, you know, it was a couple of years in the difference of us, but, you know, it was an absolute uh, pleasure to play at that level of player. We, we didn't really, uh, you know, there wasn't a lot of computers or technology that was there at that time. We were very much street soccer players and um, soccer was, was really a survival for us in St. Dendes. And uh, you know what, it'd be fair, unfair to leave out, you know, your, your grandmom as well, Kitty, Kitty Finnan, um, who always encouraged us, um, and Rita Mullins, who, who you know, it's probably spoiled us all as again in, in the 80s. It wasn't a lot of money back then. And we used to be queuing up at, at lunchtime and, and Kitty would have the balls of soup. And all the soccer players were always getting the best of, of grub. And, but, you know, we, we owe a lot to, to those people and, and, and Rita Mullins. We, we owe an awful lot. And, um, you know, great memories in St. Dendis School. And Tom Maloney, uh, who was the manager at the time, and Martin Wallace, they were really, really great for the school and a high population at the time. And it's unfortunately the school is closed. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I suppose Declan must have been a, a huge source of pride for yourself when you made uh, the League of Ireland bow yourself. I know you, you know, you played with Limerick uh, FC. Maybe back then, I don't know if it if it meant more or was it because there was less money. But it seemed like you know the, the pride in playing for your city was massive uh, back back in those days. You know, there was no, it wasn't done for the money. There was no financial gain for you. There was a lot of commitment involved. Uh, how was the experience for you there in the mid-90s with Limerick as well? Yeah, look, it was, uh, I think it was in around 93 I, I signed for Limerick. I was only 19 at the time. Uh, it was, uh, had very, very little coaching uh, through, through the years. You know, my first really was, was, was Noel King. And, um, you know, Limerick at the time, we were always struggling. Um, you know, you'd get £50 or £40, £30 or whatever it is. You know, money at that time was never mentioned. Um, it was just one of those things. And we used Noel Handley. We'd have a fiesta, two-door fiesta. We'd have to go to Finn Harps in it, maybe four of us in the car. And, no, I never complained. You'd get out and play a match and come home straight away. It was never uh, staying overnight or anything like that. We, we looked at it probably as different the way things are now. You know, there's overnight stays, sports scientists, physios, and so on. You know, that's there now. Uh, match analysis, it wasn't there when we were there. So, you know, no nutrition or anything like that. We played, 
you know, wasn't about the money. It was really about putting yourself up against, matching yourself up against the best players in the country at the time. And when you came home, you, you on the way home, you stopped for a burger and chip, and that was it. And you went on. But, you know, it, you, we met a lot of friends in, in up and down the country. And I mentioned Albert there uh, to yourself uh, earlier on. But first, we was meeting at the George and, and going in to the, to the George Hotel. He was the very first person who used to come over to the Limerick lads and, you know, shaking hands and welcome because there, there wasn't many of us there at that time. Uh, you know, Noel was manager. He he knew a lot of players in Dublin. They, they saw it. There was a lot of players from Dublin from there and around the country. I think there was only seven Limerick-based players at the time. And so it was very, very strange. It was very, very peculiar. And um, But it was a great experience to play against that, that level of players, to play against, to see the difference uh, between junior soccer and League of Ireland. Yeah, I know that, that people obviously you'd have to experience it, and I wouldn't know myself, but obviously that you can see that the, the divide would be great in terms of uh, League of Ireland and Junior. Uh, Noel King is known as no shrinking violet either, uh, Declan, when it came to, to managing uh, teams. I know that from, from listening to other players that you would have played with as well from the past. Um, what was it like, I suppose, to, to play under him as, as a whole? I know it was a great experience, but I, I know that uh, many people have differing views on Noel over the years. <laughs> You know, I understand that. And you know what? People have different views and managers and people in general. That's just the way it is. But look, his record speaks for himself. He was internship manager for two games with the Irish senior squad, under-21 uh, international manager, women's senior uh, international, loads of League of Ireland clubs. And I had the privilege to play with him as well. He was coming to an end of his career at the time. And um, he was a no-nonsense guy. You'd be fooled by his size. You know, when you, when you see him first, mm. he was five eight, five nine, and it's a tough bit of stuff. Now he was, he was well able to uh, control the dressing rooms. What, what I did notice about him, if you produce the goods on the pitch, you would do anything for you. You know, so um, the story uh, the lads would probably say, you know, on my 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 debut, I was I was getting forty pounds at the time, and it was above my brain. He called me out and you'd get an envelope after matches and I was kind of left the last. I, I was the youngest and he called me out and he's taking up there's a, an extra bonus in it for you. Listen, well done. And he was very complimentary. He handed me a bag full of 50 pence pieces. So <laughs> when I was counting it on the way back, he'd left me 20 short, you know. So yeah. I, I look at the back, of it, you know, it, it was a ball of fun for me and and and... It, it was never about the money. And it was a lot, of, a lot of guys like that. And Albert was the same. Mark Curley was the same. Ray Holler and, you know, so on. Um, but he was he was a great guy. And, and again, he managed the top level. So irrelevant what opinions are, are of him. He was he was really a very good coach. And the World Cup, by the way, people don't realise that. In 1990 World Cup, he was in the management team. Yeah, absolutely. And he's still going strong now. I know he's just after being announced a couple of months ago as Shelburne's uh, women's manager, senior manager. So he's, he's back in, in the limelight as such. Um, Declan, you obviously went back to junior level after a few years League of Ireland. And obviously when a player goes back from League of Ireland to junior level, you know, there's a lot of expectation, you know, in terms of, you know, your performance. You're probably expected to be one of the leaders at, at junior level as well. You're with Fairview Rangers, probably the most talked about team, as it turns out, that group. Uh, in junior football history almost uh, for the success that you went on to have. I know you won an FAI Junior Cup with the club and obviously several uh, international junior international caps as well. Um, was it as good an experience as, as we all think from the outside to, to play with that team? I, I, I'm, you know, when I went back to 
fair at junior soccer, I struggled. It took me seven or eight games to, to, to really get going. You have this kind of thing that um, you have every right to play. You're going to be the best player. It's very easy to say it, but I, I was struggling and and with form. And I remember Dermot Finnan calling me over. He said, Declan, is there something wrong with you? I was saying, I, you know, I didn't know what was wrong, but I, the, the bottom line was I thought it was better than what it really was. And when you're coming from League of Ireland and then you come to junior soccer, you, you actually think you have nothing to do when you just go out and play. Um, but that was that was Dermot. He, 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 you know, his man management skills were, were top class and um, he, he put a fantastic team together. Um, there was, you know, get to the final of the FEI was with Fairview. There was an awful lot of pressure on the side because he did Fairview won it in the 60s. And it was all the talk, the old crew were there and saying, you know, I was comparing teams. And But I, I, on the day, you know, I think it was fair we owned the panel at seven or eight internationals, if not more uh, internationals on that side. It was a really, really good mixture of players. Um, a lot of the players came from around that area as well. A lot of work had been put into the team throughout the years. Uh, and one thing Dermot was, he was very good at signing a player and, and holding an ad. And, and he, you know, I, I in the final, if I... Remember, serves the right. It was, it was only three or three players that won capped, three or maybe four. And I mean, uh, Colin Fle- Fleming for me was was man in the match in the final. Uh, people talk about the performance. It was kind of a it was an okay kind of a game. There was a lot of pressure on both teams, but, but Colin Fleming stopped. You know, two two Port Marnock two or three great chances when it was nil all, and, and you know the games that's changed his games, his goals, and he, I thought he was excellent and man in the match. He never got capped. You know, there was a lot of good keepers around me then. Derek White for me was was a, was a fantastic player at the back, centre half. Um, still find it very strange why you know he didn't get an international cap. Twenty nine, I think he was maybe 28, 29 playing League of Ireland at the time. His first time playing it, which was an incredible leap. Um, you know, having playing all those years of junior soccer, maybe picking up one or two bad habits of that, and then going straight into League of Ireland. Um, he. To be quite honest with you, you know, I think that probably was taken from him. You know, he was he was an exceptional player, very good alongside Ray Holland and Albert when, when they played together, uh, as well as Sean Lipper, who was who was consistent every every week. And you know, f- fantastic players, Trevor Lavelle, great finisher as well. But he, that team that you know was fantastic. And and you know, when you when you lost one or two players, one or two came in, they still won. You know, Fairview. You know, that wasn't luck. It's just that had a very very good foundation. Very good structure, uh, winning mentality, and the Jimmy and Gag and, and, and Treble Bell up front. There's always goals, and that they were fantastic players. And, you know, well, that was a fantastic memory. You, you know, it was it was probably the first time I kind of realised that um, it, it was benefited me when I went into management because I had an understanding of what level you had to get to, yeah. to to win those competitions, and I, I think that was huge for me um, going forward. Did I appreciate it at the time? I probably didn't. It's, it's now when I look back, you know, I, I actually had given away my jersey to a lad at the day, uh, on the day, and I asked for it back. I asked for it back <laughs> when I put two or three years ago, and I had no shame in asking for it back. But um, looking back at it now as time goes on, and some of the players that were on display were, were absolutely fantastic players, and a lot of them went down to play League of Ireland. Um, so it was great, great memory. And, and you know what? Great club. Um, again, I mentioned him earlier on, Paul O'Donnell. I think... Yes, we'd won one nil, but I think the game was extremely flat until he came on. In, in, in fairness to him, 
he, he changed the whole game uh, and, and what a player he, he was now, you know. Yeah, you mentioned the fact, Declan, that a lot of that team that you played with with Fairview had international Irish junior international caps. Um, you know, obviously for the, the standard of soccer in, in Limerick junior soccer is very high and has been for, for years. Um, but still, at the end of the day, it's, it's still a massive honour to get capped for Ireland because you don't have a, a massive magnitude of players from Limerick that get capped even since your time to now. So obviously to, to be in that bracket is obviously a great achievement. Yeah, no, look, it was spent. My, my first cap was, I was 19. My first junior cap was 19. And I had played 30 seconds. That's what I had played. And people didn't realize we were one of the very few countries you have to pass the white line to get a cap. Mm. And I, I was gone into the 90th minute. And poor Joe Hannon was a sub the same night. Uh, Joe went to speak for himself. He got on several caps after, of course. The referee had a whistle in his mouth to, to blow up for full time. And my very first junior cap, this was in Paul Kirk in Scotland. And so the referee just waved me on. So I ran across and we had a throw. And the ball went back to the throne. He went to Coop it long. And in midair, I caught the ball and I handed it to the referee. That was it. Game over. He blew, he blew on the whistle in midair. So I actually didn't touch the ball with my feet. That was my... I was only 19 at the time. At the time, it was a real privilege that time, I have to say. It was less of the intermediate clubs. Mm. Um, like, you know, Steve McGivern was playing that day. He was 20 years older than me. Played with uh, St. Francis in the final against against Brad Joy Pouch. There were some fantastic players um, at that day. So it was just an honour for me, even though it was 30 seconds. I was lucky, you know, years later, I got my, my, my first year of caps. But it's a fantastic memory uh, at that time at such a young age. Yeah, uh, you went in the junior level, you were with Fairview. Eventually, you had crossed the what, what we would call the, the bitter divide uh, to Pike Grovers in junior football. And that, that rivalry has actually been reignited in the last two years, really, to, to a great extent with Fairview's resurgence, somewhat of a resurgent victim. But uh, you, you went in there, you had a very important league win for the club, actually, in 2005, which seemed to kind of be the kickstart of a, a really important time and, and generation now in, in the club's history. And like, you know, I know you went on to manage, but even as a player, you, you started having success around that time uh, as well and converting as well from left wing to left back as well. Yeah, well, I had a good, I had a, a good mentor in, in Albert again. He, he was he was a left fuller, you know, I spoke to him about it. Um, it was a position that was, I, I liked playing. In the, I love playing in the wing, you know, just freestyle, go and play. But I think when you start to slow down, left fuller would have been a prime position for you. But... Look, the, the people think that I went from, uh, everyone thinks that I went from Fairview to, to Pike, which wasn't the case. I actually went back to Limerick and then left Limerick yeah. to go to Pike, but it was still seen as, you know, probably a, a tough decision. I, I had a lot of good friends was in, in Pike at the time. And um, when I started off there, you had, you had Pam Mullally and James O'Grady, who, two very professional people, Pam Mullally, league medal with Limerick, League of Ireland, knew his football um, so he was actually educating me, you know, like I, I signed in 2000, 2001. And so I was with him for a, a long haul. And then Declan Casey entered the frame into the management side. And not only a great player he was, but he, he actually added to that management team. He was extremely clever, completely football related. Uh, he won the less, best left footed players. His strike of a ball was clean cut. He was excellent all around. But they brought them together, uh, you know, it was extremely um, progressive and, and their knowledge on what they've done and played in the game at a high level 
start again in a small bit of momentum. Fairview were never going to go away. There was no getting away from that, you know. Uh, and the rivalry in the games between the, the, the two clubs were actually very healthy. You know, it was very, very healthy. It was reason for people to train and get up in the morning times and Sunday mornings and go to matches. And the, the, the support and the, the game just be packed. It was... It was very, but, but I, I think that was just the, the momentum coming. Those two guys changed it and made it very easy for me when I took over because they had a very good foundation. Yeah, you had uh, you you had a, a golden generation yourself, uh, Declan. You know, I got the, the club's <clears throat> only official FAI Junior Cup win 2011 uh, when you beat St. Michael's in Turner's Cross when you were managing with Declan Casey as your assistant, actually, or was it even joint, joint manager? I can't exactly remember. Well, yeah, you know, Declan was there the year before. He was actually yeah. doing commentary on the match. He may as well have been at the at on, on pitch side. Um, he was look again. He was excellent. But Adrian Lipper uh, was the assistant uh, on the day. Uh, had Colin Lipper, who was the bagman, and Eddie Donovan was doing the training as well. Um, I a very very good um, management staff and management team. Uh, we were all friends, and Adrian Lipper brought something extra. Yeah, you know, not only were we friends, you know, we worked in the first half together, we were very good friends. He was extremely clever. He could see things loudly. So junior soccer back then didn't really have go back, replay or match analysis or half time someone come in with a tablet or, you know, an iPod. So you had to see things live. And and what I hadn't got there, he did. You know, Adrian Lipper was an extremely clever man, played at very high level as well. Um, so so we had all the ingredients, Colin Lipper, huge clubman, great groundsman, kitman and uh, and again Eddie O'Donovan, the history that that his family himself uh, in, in the club. I could see what it meant to to those families, the Lippers and the O'Donovans and the Walters. Yeah. You know, they, that was a good start um, having that management team. I suppose after seeing, you know, Fairview uh, close rivals dominating FAIs, you know, for the club to actually go and get that that FAI uh, junior cup as you said and you obviously had the likes of uh, Eddie O'Donovan involved as well uh, in a playing pitch you had Owen Hanrahan you had Gary Neville a lot of young players coming through in that team that complemented the more experienced players as well like Keith Hartness as, um, yeah. look I, I I still say you know people would always ask you Declan you know trying to compare the, the different sides and you know you, you try to do your best job but there's really no you couldn't compare both like like everyone had their pluses and minuses and but the point that the point Rovers on there was, it was a huge amount of pressure in uh, on the club at the time. Obviously, Fairview would won a fair share, and Pike having the history that was there, facilities progressing all the time. I, I always felt to to win it in twenty eleven after being obviously thrown out of it the year before. It was an arbitration year before. I think it was quite a quite semi final. Had beaten St Michael's four two after being two 0 down. Last players. Uh, you know, obviously the knock-on effect is, is tough going and people maybe lost it, one or two lost a bit of belief. Brought in uh, players, you had uh, Brian Clear, you had um, Conor Cavanagh was a f- fantastic player, John Tierney, Alan Barry, Pamelone. So I had, even though the nucleus was there, we started off the season uh, training with seven players, seven or eight players. So I, I like for those players to go on, and winning FEI after having that kind of level of disappointment was a huge credit to, to and you know, to those players and, and club. It was fantastic. Again, huge pressure. Uh, just Ger Waters or um, Frawley, Ger Frawley coming into the restrooms uh, at the time he was president. 
and I'll just give you an indication of what pressure was about. And he came in and uh, he nailed any man and he just said, look, that's, you know, I'd missed a penalty or I was supposed to take a penalty in the final. I think it was 1950 or the 60s. And he said, I had a bottle to take it and I gave it to Togsy Canine and he missed. He said, every day I think about it, he said, can you put this to bed today? Oh, you know, so I, I whistled and I said, oh, geez. <laughs> I said, that's pressure, you know, I, and, and you know, for those people, the Michael McCarthy's, you know, and people that, it was, it was an elderly following. There was a lot of elderly people there at the time. McPenny's were, were great. Some of them aren't around today, but I could see that um, it finalised a lot for those people. And, and Jeff Raleigh passed away not so long after that, you know. Yeah, I noticed... Um... Obviously, you mentioned there that, they, that when you joined as a player, that there was obviously a, a driven management team already, Declan, you know, who were, were changing things at the club. But I suppose, you know, with Pike, you mentioned there that you had some close calls before and after as well, uh, after you won the FAI Junior Cup. You know, you were constantly maybe getting to quarterfinals and semifinals. It was quite kind of would be almost reminiscent of maybe Munster Rugby if you were in, in the European Cup that never went away after you first got there. But do you always look, do you look back now and say, did I manage to, you know, change that maybe mentality and I managed to change that attitude in that, you know, after you were there uh, as manager, that the club continually look and strive to win FAIs now all the time? Um, you know what? I, 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 you're not the first person to ask that question. I had a... I had a great amount of experience behind me at the time. I was a very young manager. I had a great amount of experience at League of Ireland. I had the uh, Pamela Ellis, the Dermot Finnans. I had a, a, you know, I, you know, an okay playing career. I enjoyed it. Experienced players, the Ray Hollands, the Tommy Gaynors, the Albert Finnan. And I kind of I put it together, you know, brought it into management. I was a huge question mark, even myself. I was saying, you know, am I cut out for it? But I, I, I put that all together. Um, and on top of that, then, you know, Mike Rovers at the club had a very, very good structure in place, an attractive club. I had a very, very good management team. Plus, and the best one of all was I had a bit of luck. And, and I went through the teams, you know, beating Fairview 4-2 in the first game. They were holders. People don't talk about Kilmallock. Kilmallock had a very good side. Mike Rovers down to 10 men, scoring in the 80th minute in around that to win 1-0. Quarterfinal of the FBI against Atten Roy away, 2-0 down going on to win. Semi-final, Sheriff, uh, you know, Pike, we turned away a 3-1 lead. Sheriff um, went into penalties. Sheriff had a penalty to win. Missed. We scored and won in penalties. And in the final, we scored in the last minute nearly. So, I had a small little bit of luck. People say, you know, that can't be lucky all the time. But I had a very, very good um, baseline there. You know, and one of those things that everything slots into place with player-wise as well. Brian Cleary, Conor Cavanaugh was a huge addition to, to what I had. John Tierney then was added. And Owen Hannon was coming into the side. So, you know, it, it's, a, it's, it's everything all together, you know. Yeah, there's, there's still a lot of players from your time. Well, a lot. You'd probably have six or seven that are still playing uh, now, Declan, with Pike. Do you think that maybe that group, especially considering how close they came on particularly two occasions with, with Mike Shield in the, in the finals of the F Cup. Do you, do you think they should have had another FAI Junior Cup to maybe to cement uh, the, their maybe stature as, as a very good team at this level? Yeah, look, definitely. And I, I think they'll feel that themselves. Um, uh, I, I, I definitely think North End was, was definitely a game. They could have won. Sheriff at the time, you know, they were picking up momentum. As I said, um, 
They were every, good, every bit as good as the point team that I had in the semi-final. And I could see, you know, I said, oh, if they get another few players, that you know, they're going to take over. And they actually did. But North End was definitely there for the taking. I, I was at the match and uh, give credit to North End as well. You know, they were getting the qualifiers and semi-finals as well. But look, those players will know themselves that um, they'd be disappointed not of, of picking up another FEI. Uh, the quality that, that was there, even in the training sessions, that I was watching them. I had very little work to do, you know, um, just brushing up their, their, my battle was GA at times. Some of our lads were, you know, half GA. So, so when you keep them, when do you rest them? When don't you, when do you, you know, um, when are they at their peak fatigue injuries and so on. Um, so, so they were, they were the challenges that I had. Um, well, you know what? Some of those players are still young enough. Uh, it'll all determine what way they're going to come back from this, pandemic are they going in their 30s now early 30s are they going to say look it's it's my time or are they going to say look you know i've, a, I've another tale to tell and i, I hope they have another tale to tell um they, they were a fantastic group and brought some fantastic memories to, to very important people yeah absolutely um with Declan since you've left Pike obviously you've been involved in, in various uh, different roles at, at clubs I know you have the FEI regional development uh, officer role as well and, and how is that role uh, going for you and how, how is how are you finding the job? Excellent you look, look you know um, I consider myself really lucky I, I could I've worked several places you know as a, as a young man young man and was a postman for years and, and my dad was a postman and um I, I, I soccer was really what I loved since, since I was sick. Um, I have to say, I, I never really took a break from the game. I never stopped enjoying it. And while that keeps going, um, I, I, I'll keep going. And there's always new ventures and projects there, and you know, um, that, that are really attractive, you know. And um, so it's great, you know. And, and again, once you're in the football industry and you're learning all the time, I haven't lost the appetite. Yeah, not to mention as well, you also have two very, uh, we'll say, ongoing roles with two separate clubs. But we'll start maybe with your role with Athlone Town, which, you know, people would probably were mostly brought aware of when you reached the semi-final of the, the FAI Cup against Dundalk, when a lot of, you had a lot of well-wishers at the time. Now, obviously, we might not talk about the result that much. You came up against <laughs> a, a Colossus on the day in Dundalk. You know, it just showed there's, there's such a, a difference in first division and premier division level, especially at the top of the premier division, top two or three teams. Um, but obviously, like that was a great experience in getting there. And can you maybe expand a bit more on your role? I know as well that you have um, you're doing a PhD in physiology as well, so you're certainly keeping yourself busy. Yeah, you know what? I, I look, I did a master's degree in sports science, and it was very strange for me because I had to be I had to be dragged to go to school, you know. So, <laughs> um, so I just said, you know what? You know, let's try something different. Uh, I was rather open to that, and as it worked out. Um, uh, DCU offered me, you know, um, a role in 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 one of the courses in physiology. Um, so it was just really a, a no-brainer for me. Siobhan O'Connor is is my tutor along with Enda White, and I have two fantastic coaches here. <laughs> it was not soccer-wise, but tutors that helped me along, and and, and Barry Watkins one, and, and John McDonough from from um, Mary Eye, who's fantastic and. You know, so all that education and all that use, I'm, I'm doing S&C, strength and conditioning training in Athlone Town, which is, which is great. Um, great to see what way different clubs work up the country, you know, in the Midlands and, and things like that. 
huge amount of continuity within the at Town. I have to say it's been great experience for me. And again, a learning curve, Adrian Carberry, um, fantastic. He was a very good player for that Lone, home based lad as well. He's half in his sleeve. And so I'm learning all the time. He the kind of ex uh, at Lone player, Rovers player, Torlock O'Connor's brother, which would be, they'll be fantastic um, soccer people. And, and, you know, you're learning from those people all the time. And I, one thing I did notice that losing isn't the end of the world. It, you know, like that there is, you take the positives out, you learn from it, try add to it. And obviously the budget wouldn't be anyone here to Dundalk, the boys or even, you know, in the first division and so on. And so you, you roll up the sleeves and, and you make best of what you have. And But the biggest plus that I don't have is the, is the level of continuity within the club. And I notice when you're, you're outside that gate, you know, you're going to get a game like they, they look five points off Drada, beating Shelburne in the cup. Um, they were awarded 25,000 uh, for, for getting to the quarterfinal of the, the FBI Senior Cup. Um, so beating like, some good some teams. And obviously the, the Dundalk, just before we went out into the pitch, I kind of looked at the, the physicality of the Dundalk team and we four young lads going to school the following day and I was one line I was a bit <laughs> I was a bit worried they were just you know they were professionals but they were playing the Europa League the week before and yeah and just check the history there it's fantastic but look it's great it's great yeah with your current role with Athlone you'll probably be looking at the the fixture release next Monday with bated breath probably on two fronts Declan because we're, we're in a bit of limbo here in Limerick as you well know like with the Current uh, Treaty United situation, we're waiting to see will the, the club receive a first division license. It also doesn't help at loan, really. Like next week, is a, there's apparently plans to bring out a nine team fixture list and yeah. to leave one team. For, it just seems to be a bit of a mess right now, and it looks like it could be February 23rd before Treaty find out whether they'll actually be accepted into the league as well. Like that, really, let's be honest, that probably gives Treaty very little chance to get organised. Like, like, look. This isn't something where you gather up people together, get them on farms and get them out to the pitch. Yeah. The preparation is, is incredible um, from getting your staff and getting prepared, fitness levels, the right. Because I did know that what I what I do know now is that you a player has to have a really good standard coming in to a League of Ireland. Like you could be still the best junior soccer player, you know, doesn't mean you're cut out for League of Ireland. They train four nights a week, they do a recovery the fifth. They rest for two days, and some of these guys are working as well. So that is a huge commitment. So you're, you, if you're not committed first, you know, forget it. So uh, you know, I, my sympathy is to 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 Trade United because that is that's tough. And you know, Limerick have a huge tradition. Um, Limerick City itself have a huge tradition of athletes at all levels, and you know, they deserve to have a, a team at that and, and at least start a, a good baseline and without any pressure, um, obviously financially through the years it was struggling. And even in my time, it was always seemed to have been struggling and things like that. It'd be great to see on, on par, because whoever the manager is, whether it's Tommy Barrett, I hope it is, um, definitely deserves a, a crack at that in a healthy position. Uh, but you know what, Treaty, there's, there's good people there on the board, um, very professional people in, on the board, and they're adamant they're, they're doing the best to get in. And I wish them all the best there. You know, I think the I think they you know deserve that. Yeah, and on a different note, obviously I know you were heavily involved with regional United as well, Declan, and, and actually included in a couple of match cards I noticed as well as a substitute. <laughs> but uh, they um, will say they they 
future of the junior season, that's another probably issue which we won't find out fully about until the next couple of months. But obviously, we heard Christy O'Dwyer last week and he said it looks very unlikely. Their plan originally was maybe to get teams back training in March and then maybe get back on the field in April. And he obviously mentioned that looks highly unlikely at this stage. And do you think the priority should be that when we do return, whether that be May, June, April, that we finish the current season, even if it's just the league? Or, or do you think that maybe we should start afresh if it does go in, into those months? I personally think you should start early. You know, start, you know, start early, a new season, start early, you know, um, maybe August or whatever. Look, it's been a tough year for, for everyone involved. And obviously, you know, fellas won't be fit. Back injuries and so on. And, you know, people are working from home and... I, you know, I wouldn't rush something. You know, soccer is very precious here in Limerick. We have a fantastic tradition. Um, you know, it's showcased all the time yourself. Pat Sheehan, Mike Aaron showcased it. So many people involved in the game, um, given so much time. You know, they deserve to start with, a, with an even, uh, an, an even cut right across the, the board. And I think going in now and rushing it, I, I, I'm not too sure whether that be the right idea or not. Um, like, like for me, starting fresh for me is, is the right move. You know, people will have a different opinion in that. But we've been too long out now. You're stopping and starting and unsure when when are we, when is it going to stop or is it going to be delayed and so on. You know, it, it'd be great to, to start fresh and everyone, if soccer needs to come back, sport needs to come back and, and sporters need to get out there and kids need to get back playing. So important for the next generation. Absolutely. And, and to be honest, even looking at it from the point of view of the, the area you're in now in terms of, you know, strength and conditioning, Declan, as well, the fact that we have been out really since October. I mean, it could be seven months before we, we've, by the gap of when we finished to the fact that we're playing again. It could be longer even. I mean, you're going to take longer than your usual pre-season probably to get people right now, you know, with no gyms open, people only doing jogs really in the road, trying to hard to keep fit as well. Yeah, look, I, I another thing as well, uh, Adrian, you make, you make a very good point there that if you if you go in and rush it as well, you know, if you go in and suddenly you're not doing anything for seven months, suddenly you're into a pre-season where you're you're running laps. Some clubs will do laps, and it's it's a tough regime pre-season. You you are, you are going to pick up injuries. You're, you're as well off just starting nice and slow, breaking breaking in there and um, getting your body going again, healthy diet and. Um, again, it's been uh, it's been a tough year, but that decision is very very important, especially what direction that it's going to go. Is there going to be anything that any real value on someone picking up a trophy now, playing Sunday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Sunday? I, I'm not too sure. Uh, and again, if someone gets COVID, you know, if there's one mistake or one slip up, you're back to square one. Yeah, absolutely. Maybe on a, on a final note, uh, Declan, I know that even though you were involved in, in coaching for many years, you never really gave up playing at all. I know you were involved with Southend United where you won a 2A league. Obviously, it, uh, roles as well with Breska. You were back with Granville too and had time with Bella as well. So um, would you say that you can finally say you're fully retired from playing or uh, are you still involved? No, I know. Um, you know what, you're kicking and hitting every ball, but um, I have had a good time. I never had any, you know, I was lucky enough to have any injuries uh, go on. And I actually played my last game, funny enough, with Ridge and United. And I, I suppose, you know, not happening on the board, it still sticks with me that the the the, uh, the arbitration for Ridge and United was tough to take it to the semi final. 
Mm. Um, of the, of the, the FBI was massive. You know, Tom, Tom O'Connor and Seamus there and Gordon Cowboy, you know, they were chasing Scandian, put so much work into it and it just wasn't meant to be. And look, they're, I want to say community, they're a very competitive club and it took a while to, to regroup. But with regards to South End, uh, you know, South End and Breske, I, I, you know, I won two leagues them two, I won uh, the B League in, in Breske, some great characters and community-based team and um, there was no one from door to door. I was just training and playing as much as I can. Like they had in one day their full squad of players, which were neighbours, all neighbour based and um, great community. Fantastic memories there going on to the, to the Desmond League playing in some tough places, I can tell you. Uh, but look, I, I have to give South End a mention. Uh, I have to say that um, two-way winning the, the two-way league, you had Buller Walsh, uh, uh, Benny Grant and Ten Moynihan who are absolutely true legends to me and can't leave out the, the manager, Ross Grant. You know, Ross was, was the manager. He trained the team, cut the grass, hung the nets, lined the field on his own. So, it, it, you know, that taught me a thing or two was that how lucky I really was, you know, having such a staff around and a structure in the club. And um, so hats off to those, those two teams. They, you know, they were great memories. And people don't realise they were a real learning curve for me. Uh, you know what people really do for the game, and and probably don't get any credit. You know, um, I've, I've never heard of of Ross Grant being up there, and, and that's where he should be. He's he's uh, upcoming um, coach. He sticks at it, and because um, look, he, that that was his baseline, and, and winning a few trophies. And look, I, I wish them all the best. Yeah, um, well, I must say thanks very much, Declan. It's been an enlightening chat. We've had a. A great chat here and a reminiscing on, on your career as coach manager. And as I said, you're not done yet. You're 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 in every sort of um, yeah, absolutely. We have uh, we have plenty of um, involvement there for you. And obviously, we wish you the best luck with that loan. And if Treaty come back in, the only time we hope you drop points is against Treaty. But, <laughs> but I won't um, say I won't mind that. But look again, I, I Adrian, you know, just, you know, I wish them well. You know, I wish them well. They're, they're so important that that they get that going on again and structure through the club and the right people are in place.